so many of us are on the quest to look younger and healthier. And these days, there are so many options to choose from, depending on what you're looking for. Today, we are joined by Dr. Julia Toman, an assistant professor and division chief of facial plastics and reconstructive surgery, to review what facial rejuvenation really means, explore the surgical and non-surgical options, and identify the important preventative measures to ensure a healthy appearance. Welcome to MDCast by Tampa General Hospital, a go-to listening location for specialized physician-to-physician content and a valuable learning tool for world-class healthcare. I'm Caitlin White. Now, Dr. Toman, start us off today with giving us a definition. What does facial rejuvenation mean? So facial rejuvenation can mean a, a wide variety of things. It depends on sort of what the concerns are of patients coming into your office. So in a broad practice setting, you'll have patients who are coming in who have gotten a little older and are starting to notice some of those changes that we don't particularly care for as as time moves on for us. And so for those patients, you're going to have a very distinct set of needs. But you also have patients who come in who have potentially had a trauma. And rejuvenation for them can mean a variety of different avenues that we have to pursue. And then certainly there are the patients who come in who are younger but are looking to maybe do some augmentation or they've never liked sort of the way their jawline looked, for instance. And so they're looking to sort of rejuvenate that look. I think that rejuvenation can take a variety of, of different avenues for, for different patients. And it's, it's really starting the conversation out about what is bothering the patient and what do they want to talk about. But I think one of the most important things that I try to convey to patients when we start this conversation is that this is, this is really a quality of life conversation. You know, some people come in and they're very embarrassed because they think that this has to do with vanity. And, and I, I really try to upfront talk about how we all engage in a society that is increasingly full of selfies and different social media and people are often very judged by their appearance and you know we can have a sociologic debate about that but that's the reality is of how people engage in society and quality of life rejuvenation is incredibly important to people's both functional of how they engage in society getting a job etc but also how they feel about themselves and how they put themselves out both in a professional and a social setting. No, absolutely. I 100% agree. Now, whatever the reason, it sounds like facial rejuvenation as a term can mean so, so many things. But does it always mean surgery? It doesn't always mean surgery. There's a wide variety of techniques available to us. Certainly, surgery has been a mainstay. It existed for, for decades. But a lot of people come in and they're very scared of surgery. They've seen a lot of things that have gone wrong in surgery, right? All you have to do is turn on TV and, and watch various TV shows or look on social media about things that have gone wrong. And a lot of patients are looking often when they come in for something that is a little less invasive than surgery. And that's very reasonable. There are a variety of products on the market, whether it's filler type products where we're adding volume to the face with those to either address early aging changes or create a contour that a a patient is looking for. There's also neurotoxins, which, you know, 
people are most familiar with Botox, but there's a whole slew of different things on the market that that do that same function of, of decreasing the muscular movement in the face and getting rid of some of those fine dynamic lines that some of us start to start to notice and want to want to get rid of. And so uh, in addition to that, there's also some laser resurfacing that can be done for the skin that helps to rejuvenate the appearance without surgery. So let's touch on some of the ones you already mentioned in the non-surgical category. When we're talking about neurotoxins and fillers, I mean, these are non-surgical, but just how easy or, you know, what's the process like if it's non-surgical? Is it still pretty in and out? Yeah, so these are these are really accessible. It's a in and out. You come into the office, you are, you know, awake, you're in the exam room. We typically will put some topical numbing just to make people comfortable because there is a poke with a needle, but it's a very small needle and it's you people go back to work right after doing it. There is a small risk of getting a small bruise, which can be covered up with makeup. There are obviously always risks in doing these types of things, which, you know, you have to have a conversation with your provider about, but these are very rare, especially in the hands of, of someone who is experienced in doing these things. And so it's a really great option for, for people who don't have a lot of downtime and are looking to address some early changes and just appreciating that there is sort of a limit to what can be accomplished with these. But for many patients, this is a fantastic option, especially as they're easing into you know, the conversation about rejuvenation. Mm, Absolutely. And how about maybe what people would think of as more traditional, these surgical options of facial rejuvenation? What are our options there? Absolutely. And so there's a wide variety of changes that we'll see in the in the face as we get more mature. A lot of patients come in and they're concerned about the extra skin on their neck. Then we also see other changes in the contour of the face. And, you know, we go from a more heart-shaped, youthful appearance to a more square shape, which we tend to associate with being a little older. And oftentimes people might come in and they'll say, well, I just hate my neck. But, but really, when you have a chance to talk to them, it's, well, they also don't love their jawline and they don't love the square shape of their face and really moving some of that volume back from where it came over the cheekbones. I always tell people, you know, it's good to be comprehensive about what they want to approach. So, for instance, if you do just a neck lift because people want to inevitably be as minimalist as possible, people want to look natural. And that's a very normal thing that people are worried about. But I'll often remind people that you wouldn't paint half a wall. And so it's really good if we're going to go through the process of making sure we're addressing things that won't highlight other changes if we if we fail to address those. And so I really try to be comprehensive in addressing, you know, is it cheekbones, jawbone, neckline, you know, to, to the collarbone? Are we worried about the position of the brow? That's um, some people have varying amounts of descent of their brows and people complain about looking angry or like a heavy brow is really uncomfortable. And sometimes that's something that we do need to address with surgery because it actually allows us to lift the lower portions of the face in a more comprehensive and and ultimately more natural appearance. When you have this incongruity between the area where you've had facial rejuvenation surgery and the area that you don't address can actually be even more noticeable. So sometimes more is actually less. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. 
So before we even get to both surgical and non-surgical options for facial rejuvenation, are there preventative measures that people can be doing, you know, now just to take care of their appearance and keep it up to what they want? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of this comes down to prevention. Certainly, we are, we are all at the mercy of our, of our genes and our various exposures that we've had. Um, but, but something as simple as making sure that you're wearing sunscreen and a hat when you're outside. Photo damage is a huge player in aging of the, of the skin. And so I always tell people, regardless of what you want to do, uh, down the line, you know, a good skin protection routine is should be the base of everything that you're doing, and it, it, you can never start too too early. I see patients in their in their 20s, and I tell them you have to be using sunscreen. Please stop, you know, exposing your skin. We all love that golden glow, but um, it's it's not going to serve you well well in the long run. <laughs> Absolutely. I know I've been getting pretty pretty on top of my skincare routine and my sunscreen as well. Well, wrapping up here, doctor, you mentioned age, and that's my last question here. When should someone start the process of facial rejuvenation if that's something they're worried about? Yeah, and that's something that's variable for a lot of different patients. I tell people the time to do something is when it bothers you enough to do something about it. And for some people, you know, they start noticing changes in their even mid-30s. And that's a great opportunity to start with something that's maybe a little less invasive, start masking some of those changes. And, And for some people, that's in their late 70s. They come in and, you know, they're have a you know change in their life circumstances, they're out on the, the dating scene again, and they just want to look refreshed. And that's when it's bothered them enough to do something, something about it. So it's all about meeting people where they are and with the specific needs that they have, coming up with a tailored approach just for them. Well, such a great conversation, doctor. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for listening to MDCast by Tampa General Hospital, which is available on all major streaming services for free. To collect your CME, please click on the link in the description. For other CME opportunities, including live webinars, on-demand videos, and local events offered to you by Tampa General Hospital, please visit cme.tgh.org. This has been MDCast by Tampa General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin White. We hope you join us again next time.